Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour, never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The best is Six Hour, never ever settle. Always carry the best. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. And check us out, Project Sentinel at projectsentinel.net, projectsentinel.com, and the London Center for Policy Research, londoncenter.org. And we are on every known social media site on the planet, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and our websites as mentioned. And here we go. We are joined today by John Casamitidis. John is a uh, common sense billionaire. Boy, I, I wish I had that as a title. That's a great title if, if there ever was one. We'll be talking about John's book today, uh, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire, a great book talking about uh, all the lessons of leadership, life, and uh, how to be successful, as well as uh, the things that he and my friend uh, Rita Cosby talk about, uh, Katz and Cosby, on their great radio show, which, by the way, I'm a frequent guest on in the afternoons. So, John, welcome to The Hard Truth. Well, thank you for having me, and and I'm glad you're a frequent guest because we got our Nielsen ratings yesterday, and how did uh, Gleason used to say, to the moon, baby? Wow. Well, you know, let me just start off by saying, first off, thank you. I appreciate being a guest. I like the way, I really do enjoy the way you all set the tone, where you are talking about serious things, but you all have an amazing sense of humor, which, by the way, so many people lack, and it, and it comes through, and, and the guests you have, the, the governor, the judge, they all, are, John, they're all able to bring a, a special, a super, super talent, a super, like their secret, their secret talent to the show. And you, you blend it all together in such a way that it makes it topical as well as entertaining. And that's not easy to do. Tony, I, I spoke at the Heritage Institute yesterday. We had uh, a few hundred people in the, in the audience. We had about three, four hundred people on the book signing. It must have been a hundred degrees on the on the roof under the tent in uh, in Washington last night. Wow. Uh, and uh, uh, and then we had a, a, a private dinner. And what I tried to get across, and I understand, you know, the Heritage Institute is a very conservative institute. Yeah. But I tried to get across that to win, not only do you have to have the conservatives, you have to have the middle of the road people. Exactly. You have to have the, what, what, uh, when we were uh, on duty, you have to have the old Ronald uh, Reagan uh, Democrats. Right. And they still exist. There is common sense yes. Democrats out there that, that are being abused by the socialist Democrats. Yeah. Uh, you know, the word liberal uh, Democrats, uh, when, you know, and I ran, when I ran for mayor, I ran as a, Republican liberal, like uh, John Lindsay did, like uh, Rudy Giuliani did. Liker. Liberal, liberal is different than than the socialists we have now. Liberal is the ones that want to help Americans. They want to help uh, the the kids, uh, the black kids, the brown kids of the inner city, which is which is the right thing to do for our country, versus the socialists. They want to destroy our country. Right. And not only do they want to destroy our country, they want to destroy the common sense Democrats that realize what they're dealing with. Right. And I am not only frustrated, I am mad as heck. And you see the common sense Democrats we have 
on uh, uh, the Cosby, the, the Cats oh. and Cosby show. Yes. Governor Patterson, one of the most decent people you want to know. Uh, Judge Weinberg, another common sense, decent Democrat. And they are frustrated with what's going on with their party. Now, the way the Republicans win is not by calling all Democrats a piece of crap. Right. That doesn't help. You don't win that way. You want to get, you know, I was in the grocery business, and you know how you win in the grocery business? Make sure at least 70 or 80% of your customers are happy. A Mayor Koch used to say, I, if you agree with me on, on 70% of uh, what I say, I'm happy. If you agree with me with 100% of what I say, you're crazy. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. But we need the 20% that are independents in the middle. We need their support to make sure that our country and our city and our state go in the right direction. Right. So let's talk about that, because obviously, you know, I enjoy the conversation with Governor Patterson and uh, with with uh, with the judge, with, you know, Richard and I. I'm on Richard's uh, program on your network as well on WABC. And the, the, the one thing I always you use the key word decency. We you us as a group, no matter what our our political affiliation, we'd like to believe there's a sense of decency, the idea of discussion of, of uh, not demagogic, demagoguery, which is what so many folks now engage in, but discussion. And I know that there's been times we don't all agree on the facts. Sometimes I have to deliver some very bad news, but I say, you know, look, I'm, I'm just here to call balls and strikes. Yeah. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But John, that's the thing. People get offended if you tell them the truth now. And, and yeah. how did you get to this point? It's horrible. We yeah. got to go back to the days uh, where Ronald Reagan dealt with uh, with Tip O'Neill, uh, Bill Clinton de dealt with Newt Gingrich, and and lately, ever since uh, Joe Biden has a new chief of staff, that maybe there's some there's some common sense coming. Uh, you know, all we can do is hope uh, that because he made a deal with Kevin uh, McCarthy. Which is not, it made the extreme right very angry. It made the extreme left very angry. Right. But the deal was done. And, and, and the other thing that I argue about is uh, some of our uh, Republican friends uh, go, go around and say uh, illegal aliens, illegal, you know, they're not here legally. But what we should do, I believe in immigration. I'm an immigrant. I find that immigrants love America sometimes right. more than Americans right. because they, some of them came from Russia. Some of them came from Venezuela. Some of them came from Cuba. And they know what socialism is like. They know what communism is like. And, and, and they love America for America. So I believe in immigration, but we need checks and balances. Well, we, have, we, we have to cl close the borders and, and, and check and balance the people that love America, that want to come here to become Americans, not that they're out of jails. They, Venezuela has empty out, emptied out their jails right. and sending them here. So, and, part, so that's one of the key things that I think you and I do definitely agree on. Other Western nations, John, require that if you immigrate to their country, you have to have three things. You have to have a job skill, which was would actually comport with the society. Yes. Secondly, you have to have some level of resource. So when you come to the country, you're not going to be living off the public dole. 
And third, and most importantly, you have to have some level of record of like doing something like did have you actually engaged in some sort of and, and the reason I know this is New Zealand. I spent some time in New Zealand. I was attached to the New Zealand Defense Force back in 2001. Sidebar, New Zealand has just aligned themselves with uh, with China. Right. It's weird. And as I'm saying, it's like, but I'm just saying that, that that there are requirements for people to become citizens of any given nation. And they, you, you just can't show up and say, oh, I'm here. And and I think that's where, you know, you came over. My, uh, my family on the Spanish side came over from uh, northern Spain. Uh, on the, the Lusitania in 1910, and they and, and John, my my family, the, the Fernandez, lived in a little place called Cherryvale, Kansas. Worked at a copper smelter, harsh, harsh work, but they came here, they became Americans, and then they they did it legally, and they actually had a skill set and made work to make their American dream and our country stronger. We don't have that ethic now, and I think that's one of the things we have to reach. Very, very bad. I mean, we need people that have skills that we need to bring them in. Right. I mean, we our, our country, and when I spoke to the Heritage Foundation, I our country is under attack. It's borders. The fentanyl problem that the, the Chinese gangs are supplying the, uh, the Mexican gangs and killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. Right. More Americans have died from fentanyl in the last 12 months than all the last three wars. Exactly. And I, we, we all acknowledge that, but we have to find things so that seventy percent of the Americans believe in, and and the conservatives and the Republicans can't attack that middle twenty percent right. on stuff that, that that that's extremism. Extremism in any direction is not good for our country. Right. And so this is where your experience as a businessman and a political leader, I think, is very apt for our conversation. Let's be honest. If people didn't like what you were doing in your business, you would never have succeeded. You, you had to figure out a way of of marketing to a need. Essentially, you were able to create a, a path to what people needed in, in, in a way that they wanted it. Am I right? I mean, that's an honest no, 100%. answer. 100%. If I didn't give 80% of the people what they need in the supermarket business when I started out 50 years ago, I'd be bankrupt. Right. And, and so, I realized that I got to give them what they want, not what I want to give them. Right. And, 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 and that's a problem with some of our people. They want to do things their way. But that's the thing. So then you, you translate into, you know, and and you, you, we are joined. We, we were joined together an association because of Dr. Herb London. And one of the notable things about Herb is he approached this the same way you, he approached politics and, and policy the same way you approach business. The idea here is that we must establish effective policy that benefits most of the people, the 80% of the people. And as you know, Herb was w willing to cross across party he lines. He was a good guy. He died too young. Yeah, he did. But that's the point, John. I mean, and of course, we're here trying to preserve his legacy. But that's the thing. To your point... Uh, so many of the folks you now attract are the same ones Herb would have attracted by the fact that you don't care about party affiliation. You only care about what the, the what the path is to achieve a, a positive outcome for the 80 percent of the people. And that's what's missing in politics today, John. And how do we get that back into politics, do you think? And what I'm saying to our conservative friends and, and to our, uh, you know, middle of the road friends, let's find common ground and agree instead of looking for reasons to disagree. Right. Well, that makes only common sense. So, and when you break it down and 
put it into the components you have, there's certain things that we have to deal with. Now, your book, for example, let's, uh, what are the two big lessons that you would Let's want spend to two minutes on my book. <laughs> yeah. well, we're here for your book. I mean, you you and I could talk about this all day, but I do want to be honest and give you some time about your book because I want people to buy it. So give me a few points of what you think most are most important that people could walk away from learning from your book. Well, common sense. How do you appease 80% of your customers? How do you yeah. become successful? And you know who's buying the book? A lot of grandfathers, a lot of grandmothers, a lot of fathers, a lot of uh, uh, mothers for their kids. Because if you have one particular item that hits that kid in, in the mind, then it could change that kid around. It can make them successful. And that's what I, one of the reasons I wrote it. You know, uh, Bob Morgenthau, the district attorney in New York, was one of my mentors. He trained me and taught me about the police athletic league, about helping the, the black and brown kids of the inner cities. And these kids are suffering. And the police athletic league is there to say, I'm from Harlem. I'm from Harlem. You can make it too. So it's it's a matter of fact of teaching kids, teaching people, teaching uh, our own kids right. uh, about America. And only in America is a land of opportunity yes. where where you can still make it. And, and John, that's a great point. I bring this up all the time, that people always get American exceptionalism wrong. You, sir, are an American. You're an exceptional American because... You came here. You're American. This isn't about us being better than the world. It's the fact the world can come here and be us. People yes. Get wrong all the time. It's like that's the exceptional thing. You can be free. You can use. But we have stuff. to interview him. But you have to interview those people to make sure they're the right people for right. America. Well, I agree. I and agree. you have to use them. You, you know, if, if you're one of these liberal, uh, and I, I don't use that word often, uh, CEOs of a company. You don't uh, you don't just hire people without even interviewing them. I mean, what do you do? You just let them into the uh, uh, into your business, and you don't even know who you're getting. But right. that's what we're doing on the borders right now. We're letting all these people in. We yeah. don't know what we're getting. It's very dangerous, and that's a, that's the other thing about your book. I'd like us to emphasize to the to the folks to get it is the fact that um, the second point is to me there's no arguing with success. You did it. You were, uh, you came here legally, you went through the process, you built an amazing business and you became a leader in, in the most challenging city I know on the planet. And I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's something, John, that people need to recognize is that I don't know if you set out to be a billionaire, but it seems to me. I, that I will tell you real, real fast. When I was, when I came to America, I was six months old and I, I learned English from my five inch television set. I was watching a television show one day, and I saw the the show Burke's Law about this detective that 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 had a Rolls Royce. And I said to myself, "I want to work hard because I want to have a Rolls Royce someday too." So it shows you how a four year old, a five year old thinks. And if we give those kids an opportunity, the kids at the police athletic league, or the kids, the inner our inner city poor kids. That's why I called myself a liberal, not a socialist, a liberal. Right. Well, and then again, I people, full disclosure, Herb London was a liberal. Herb, Herb started out very much on the liberal side of things, but he recognized, like Reagan. Reagan said the same thing. It's like, I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me. A lot well, of the especially, especially in the last 10 years. Yeah. 
And, and to, to that point, John, I, I, there was a place in Old Town Alexandria uh, where they had set aside in this Irish bar the area where, John, where, where uh, Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan came together and would hang out and, and set things aside to just, just be Irish since they were both Irish, you know? And yes. I guess, and that was a great thing. They could just set aside their, their political differences and figure out the way to do certain things. Does that things. mean they had a beer? They had a lot of beer. They had like, you know, <laughs> so I look. I'm telling you, I've been to this place. It's a it's a cool place. And yeah, I'm sure they had a number of black and tans yeah, or yeah. Guinness. You know, Guinness is a very big thing. You know, Guinness I think uh, actually helps because it's it's so thick you can like have it as a soup almost. You know, it's it's like you could it's it's like a syrup. So you know. No, Tony, I tell people you can buy the book at Amazon. You can buy the book on Barnes and Noble, but you could also buy the book on WABCRadio.com. Oh, I didn't know that. Every, everyone that you buy on WABCRadio.com, I autograph. And you ah. know, the joke the joke I tell is whatever you pay for the book, if it's autographed, you can get twice as much. Last Sunday, somebody had it on eBay for twice the price. There you go. See, that's a bonus. So definitely go to WABC 77 in New York to actually order the book. And that's a great, uh, great tip. And we'll continue to promote that. So, John, the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is the whole idea that so much of, of the the progressive left, not the folks that we're talking about. The like socialist you, left. So AOC. Let's, let's not promote them to the word progressive. No. There is no way. You know what we call them in, the, in New York on our show? The regressives. They're taking, they're taking New York, they're taking New York State backwards. They're taking our country backwards. They, 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 they promote words like progressive, but they're not progressive. They're regressives. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like they destroy business. They build fiction around they, they basically use fiction as a religion regarding this woke ideology and i was just uh, last night i was watching uh, you, you remember i'm sure you remember the movie uh, Airpl- uh, airport dean martin and uh, and uh, uh, all those guys from the old days oh yes yes it, it was a it, i was just an entertaining movie and by the way there was diversity there was black white but everybody was represented in this movie, and it was—it was a really none of us movie. have a problem with diversity. We all believe in diversity. Yeah, so so it's like the diversity it happened a long time ago, and the idea now is they're bringing it back. And I don't know, I you know I live in North Carolina. I live in an area that's very deeply red. Everybody here gets along. I actually, you're going to laugh at this. I am now a, a member. I'm a board member of the Social Services Commission of the County of Chowan, and it's I'm a you know. I was welcome to that. Everybody here gets along because they, they set aside politics. How can we use the resources available to us to benefit the people? And it seems to me, John, so much of what New York is doing with with uh, the current uh, mayor, the other folks there, it seems like, the, you know, and I know you've run for governor, I mean, for, for, for mayor. It seems to me that so many folks there who could actually do good to, to basically bring everything back to the middle and be effective are being ignored by these extreme radicals. How, how does how do and I heard uh, Curtis yesterday talking about the 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 uh, uh, cr- the criminals on the street that he you know, he's trying to com- combat. That. How do we get how do you guys get back to winning in New York to beat the, these folks who have so radicalized and destroyed destroyed normal there? Well. How, how do we go back? Let me tell you something about New York City. Yeah, there's 51 city council seats uh, up out of 51 this November. 
half of them, not half of them, a, 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 a lot, a lot of city council people was want to defund the police. Right. You know what exactly. I said? To, you know what I said to the new police commissioner? Let's defund defund their districts. If people in their districts, if they want to defund the police, when people in their districts call nine one one, we'll have very little coverage. Right. Give it to the precincts. Give it to the districts that the of the city council people that don't want to defund the police. So maybe that maybe there'll be a wake up call and they realize, oh, oh crap, maybe we shouldn't defund. So, I, so speaking of politics, I want to take a, a step back for the last few minutes we have of the show, because one of the things we talk about every day on your show is topicality, which is what's going on. So today, as we're taping this, uh, Chris Ray is, is before Congress talking about uh, a lot of issues regarding the failure of law enforcement. Matt Gates, Congressman Gates, actually asked uh, Chris Ray, FBI Director Ray, about the WhatsApp text between uh, Hunter Biden and one of the the uh, the Chinese leaders. And basically, Gates asked Ray, hey, um, this looks like a shakedown to me. And John, you know, I mean, you live in a city where you know what a shakedown is. And uh, and, and Chris uh, has uh, Chris, do you want to play some of that clip right now or not? I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next Next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is, and your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. So, uh, John, to me, I mean, come on, we're 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 guys have come up through the system. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've dealt with mafia guys. I know I have. You, you know, we've had to go through and understand what a shakedown is. Do you agree with Matt Gates that, it, it, gee, I think Chris Ray's curiously uncurious about something that sh- looks like a shakedown? We It certainly looks like it, but you got to remember something. And, and to be 100% honest, and I'm always 100% honest with you and all our listeners, uh, Hunter Biden is the biggest bullcrapper there is. Okay, and you don't know if his father was really sitting there, right? I agree. But if the, if the FBI knows his father was sitting there, then then they should stand up and do the right thing for America, right? Because if his father was really part of this entire scheme, versus Hunter Biden just uh, bullcrapping them uh, that uh, his the, the, his father was part of the scheme or or sitting next to him, we got to know what the truth is. And that's all. All the American people want is the absolute truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I remember hearing that someplace. Yeah, I know. And and that's one of the things, too, that, again, we, we share in our discussions on air and I think in our political beliefs that we owe it. You know, John, I took an oath in office in 1981 when I enlisted uh, in January of 81 when I was 18. Uh, 
that oath has never expired. And my job, as far as I'm concerned, even now in conversations with you and my work in the media is to tell the truth, to try to help the, the American people understand. And yes. I think that's we, we owe the American people an honest answer one way or another. I, I'm, 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 and and Christopher Ray owes an honest answer to the American people. Right. You know, I know he reports to the Department of Justice, but if there are political appointees at the Department of Justice that are not doing the right thing by America, he has a responsibility to have the testicles to stand up and say enough is enough. This is what's going on. Right. And so um, if they want to fire him, fire him. I, if I was the FBI director and I took an oath, oath, in, oath in office, too, when I was five years old. I went, or, or maybe six, when I got, went down and got my American citizenship papers, I took an oath of office to be loyal to the United States of America. Right. And I've never, and that has not expired, and I believe in it too. So, uh, John, thank you so much for being here. I'd like to do this again sometime since I'm on your show all the time. We've been talking with John Castamatidis, uh, author of How Far Do You Want to Go? And I'm sure you all want to go as far as John. Uh, lessons from a common sense billionaire, uh, also the host of Cats and, and uh, Cosby in the afternoons on uh, 77 WABC in New York. Uh, speaking as a frequent guest, uh, it's, it's a great show. Uh, a lot of, uh, of uh, current events and amazing uh, guests who are, again, as John said, from all across the political aisle. So, John, God bless you. Thank God you bless you. And it's WABCradio.com if they want to get an autographed copy. Right, and we'll do that. We'll promote that. Thank so, you. Thank John, you so much. Thanks for being here, and uh, uh, stay stay tuned for part two of the Hard Truth coming up next. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true: airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix Rx nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Save 20% by using promo code out loud at cofixrx.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements, that don't work. REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. 
Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products. Toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is the hard truth part two with Tony Schaefer, powered by six hour, never settle. Uh, I didn't, you shouldn't. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I only carried the best, the best of six hour. You should carry a six hour too. We're on the America Out Loud talk radio network and the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, projectsentinel.net, projectsentinel.com and the Center for Advanced Defense Studies, LondonCenter.org. And we're on every known social media side on the world, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, et cetera, et cetera. And we're back with the team. So we're here with the uh, incandescent Elizabeth, the uh, the transmutable Chris Cordani, <laughs> and, the, and the demure Tanya Miller. So here we are. It's oh, deja vu all over again. That's right. <laughs> Tony the walking thesaurus. Perfect. <laughs> That's uh, better than being a walking Godzilla, but that's good. Uh, well, that's another story. 
I was that's watching Rodan movie. recently, and that's a great movie. If for those who have not watched Rodan, I highly recommend it. It's a good. It's a good. Oh movie. boy, my movie list just keeps growing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, catch twenty two. So that was that was a great segment with uh, with cats. So uh, mm-hmm. man, you know, this is where uh, I, I obviously talk to John often behind the scenes <laughs> and on the air. You know, we we do actually work hard, and Chris knows this too because Chris knows Rita. He knows you know what we do. I do believe if you're engaged in the media, your job is to actually promote the truth, not uh, and if you're if you have an aspiration, say that's your aspiration. It's like, well, I'd really like to see Prigozhin be the guy in charge of Russia. Don't say, oh, it's all over for, for, for Putin and it's and it's, you're going to see it. You're going to see Prigozhin come in. It's not honest. So I think that uh, clearly Katz and, and the team he's on. And again, a shout out for his book. Uh, you know, him being a common sense billionaire, we'll, we'll actually have, you know, more information about that. Uh, lessons from a common sense billionaire, which is, you know, most people I know would like to be a millionaire, billionaire. So I, would, uh, I think it's some billionaires, you know, it's they're all the and common sense. problem. You know? And common sense. Mm-hmm. Let's have both. That's how you keep your money, right? Wait, that's wait, how, wait, I'm exactly. sure that's a big part of it. <laughs> yeah. I forgot I'm a You're millionaire. Right. It's the billionaires that are the problem, not the millionaires. That's right. Yeah. So I have a challenge. So so let me ask a question <laughs> to the team here. Uh, so should we have a challenge to see which one of us could grab his book and follow the path to being a billionaire first? No, gosh. I'm <laughs> I put the link over in the chat thing. So you know. <laughs> That's a big I'm, challenge. That's a big challenge, yeah. Uh, so, we're, we're, I'm definitely working on it. But here, here's a guy who came into America. He, like you said, he, he aspired to become... Uh, well, a successful businessman. He became right. mega successful. Mm-hmm. So he becomes successful. He he says, all right, well, I'm successful now. I, I want to make my city a little better. So he runs for mayor. He tries to do something like that. At least he gets his voice out there and gets gets himself heard. Mm-hmm. Then he says, all right, all right, maybe I'm not mayor. I want to try to do something else, maybe do something for the city and, of course, enjoy uh, enjoy doing radio at the same time. So what does he do? He builds himself up as a radio personality on a few stations and then picks up the legendary WABC. And now he's mm-hmm. hosting Drive Time with a, another great host, obviously, awesome. Rita Cosby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by right. the way, I mean, for those who have not caught the show, you can get it online and I highly recommend it. I mean, it's a great show. And to mm-hmm. his point, he's always, he's got, he had David Patterson, Governor Patterson on the other day mm-hmm. with, uh, with Richard, uh, um, Judge, um, uh, oh my God, you know, I always call him Richard, uh, the judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of judges out there. The yeah. judge. I mean, even Steve Harvey's a judge now, sort of. Yeah. And then. Judge uh, 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 No. Uh, um, I might go to. Who here. do you call the judge? Here no, he comes, I, though. There comes right, a judge. There we go. Oh, yeah. It's it not Aaron good. Judge either, although he's not busy. He, he, right he, I'm going to yeah. have to find out. Yeah, I don't know. Is this on the cats and, and Rita? Rita yeah. Cosby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cats and Cosby. Yeah. Yeah. She is cool. She's super sweet. I've had the privilege of meeting her a couple times. Oh, really? How cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's really awesome. And so, uh, as I was saying, Judge Richard Weinberg, Judge Weinberg, Weinberg. folks who actually hangs out. And yesterday when I was on with them, they actually had Rudy Giuliani as well. So, and and by the way, Patterson's a Democrat. Weinberg's a Democrat. And it's interesting. I was actually talking to Judge Weinberg today because I was on his radio show. He does a, a segment on Sundays. We're doing a long, a long interview for that. He, he basically he told me, he says, Tony, you know, I'm a Democrat. I have not changed from being a Democrat. The Democrats have completely abandoned the principles which I believed yeah. in. And I think that's true. Of, you know, Tanya, you've talked about leaving the left, so to speak. And I think <laughs> a lot of folks actually start out believing 
what they say, but I think they soon recognize their actions don't meet their their verbiage. Is that I mean, is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I found it fascinating reading up on John a little bit. And I was like, wow, this really you can't pin his politics. It's like um, this is interesting. Very fascinating man. He's got I'm definitely sure he's got his strategies, reasons. But his heart is where he, he strategizes from, it sounds like. And he you know put a commitment to America right away at five. So it's like, um, I guess I've always said my politics is truth. And so yeah. initially I was born and raised into the Democratic Party and you know, it was all, all about the um, unions because my parents were um, factory workers and all that. But then that changed in NAFTA. And then my, you see my dad's taken away from me in a different state. He has to go find a job. All the factory jobs are gone. You know, so many things changed. And then I had, I had to start looking at um, the people that I had been raised to be biased against, which were the um, right, uh, right wing or whatever people want to say in a derogatory. T- I don't, I'm, I'm annoyed at both derogatory sounding either far right or far left. It's like, I'm slightly sensitive, but I'm not sensitive to the far left so much because they have really radicalized. I always had a pre-bias be- to, to the conservative thinking, but uh, now I've opened up because I, I see, I just want to go by policy. I want to go by um, the situation. I want to go by common sense and that may have you splitting your ticket. It may have you supporting somebody you know, somebody you've had experience with that has a different letter under their name. Uh, if you don't have the option of a split ticket, you're really in a pickle. And some people are going to find themselves in a pickle with uh, the likes of, let's say, RFK Jr. Um, so these are big, big discussions. But overall, I'm an American. I look for truth. And I don't really care for labels, but sometimes we have to describe what the heck's going on. And there's some radicalizing going on in the far, far left. And he, he spoke about that. John spoke about that I, I, to some degree. And, and I think um, we all have to be aware, hey, this is not normal. Look what's going yeah. on in society. We've got to stop this train wreck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Elizabeth, I mean, this is one of the things, too, that uh, through, through the work we used to do in the army. Mm-hmm. Um, we dealt with all sorts of folks and yep. I know that politics never came into it, but it seemed to me that the focus was just trying to figure out what the truth wasn't presented. Is that a, a fair assessment of what the job um, was? Yeah. And well, especially working in journalism and public affairs. Um, right. I know you had, you know, you also had a lot of experience um, with public affairs. Well, not just me, but you know, Colonel Nuremberg and, and so many other people. Yeah, great guy. Um, well, oh, he's such a great guy. Yeah. Um, and I worked with so many different public affairs officers. And one of the biggest differences, and of course, I'm, I was enlisted, I was an NCO. One of the biggest differences I can see with good public affairs officers, which with the ones that I just felt like when I say not good, I mean, I couldn't trust them. And mm. you may, you may um, get up and be a really great speaker. You know, like a lot of people said, Obama, he's so, he's such an eloquent speaker. <laughs> yeah, but look at, Look at the fruits of your work. You can all, and I love how Jesus says that in parable. A fruit tree does not bear um, peaches, you know, um, an apple tree doesn't bear. Look at the fruit, look at the, the, the consequences, the results of what someone does. Yeah. And they can say they're Democrat, Republican. I don't care what you say you are. If the fruit of your work always brings people down and it divides people, and and you're not helping build the economy if you're not if you're not actually helping people learn to be 
better and learning how to live their lives better. I'm not going to, I'm not going to trust you. I just can't trust you. Well, let me, let's talk about that for a second because you and Kelly, Kelly Nuremberger, Colonel Nuremberger. What when, a great guy. Yeah. So, well, I have a, um, so that's the point. It's like when I, we did, when I did, um, I think I have it here. I do have it here. Cause I was, I had an idea that I doing something. <laughs> what you looking for? When I did operation dark heart, yes. you know, uh, it was cleared, uh, you know, just for the record, because the law has said it true, by the way, the judge said it, the mm -hmm. army cleared this. Uh, I remember Elizabeth, reading it. It was great. Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth knew it was cleared. Uh, Kelly knew it was cleared. Mm -hmm. You all stuck with me and did the honest thing. It's like, Hey, look, you know, he wrote a book. It was cleared by the army and you guys were completely, you ignored the politics and said, no, it's a book. Just, just deal with it. And yet, right. You saw how the dishonest folks who basically had something to lose by the truth coming out come after me. And you guys yeah. can't help them out. Modern day book burning, uh, censorship he, at the height. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So people who outranked me when that was all happening, I got pulled into a certain person's office, a, the first sergeant at that time, um, and and my public affairs officer at the time. But I'm not going to mention her name because I don't want to, you know, say anything derogatory about her. At least I won't say her name. But anyway, yeah, they actually put me into the office and said I was so wrong for being friends with you, with you, Jeremy, and, and supporting oh, nice. you and standing up for you because they kept trying to, like, say all these derogatory things about you. And once yeah. again, how am I supposed to trust someone who who's over me, who outranks me? And I'm supposed to follow the chain of command. I'm not going to follow the politics. You go with your gut. You know exactly. when someone's so they're basically basically making me choose between trusting them or trusting Tony Schaefer. And it's like I never actually said it out loud, but it's like I'm trusting Tony Schaefer. I don't trust you, but I didn't say that to <laughs> right. her face because I don't want to get you know <laughs> I don't want to get no, a counseling. I don't want to get all that. So. Well, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, the proof's in the pudding, and this is the thing I think we shared with John's common sense and, and like. Yeah, the evidence is clear. I mean, we've, we're still friends. You stuck with me. I stuck with you. And the focus was the truth. It's like, I'm just trying to tell the truth. I'm just trying to say, this is my my observations, which were uh, seen by others. Based on evidence. Reviewed by the army. And that's it. That's uh, it, right. the, in the story. But it's the politics. It's those who had uh, some objective other than the truth to come after come after you, come after me. Try and then as, as I was Tanya, shocked. First time I met Tanya, we were together in New York and she actually witnessed the final edits of the book. Remember, Tanya? It was that was my job up there. Yeah, we had to go to the Flatiron. Yeah. Yeah. So I was up going through in the final edits of Darkheart during that time. When we, and, but the, the proof's in the pudding. We're all still friends because we all <laughs> focused on the truth. Right. Yeah. Is that an accurate, you know, assessment? Yes. a long, windy road. And yeah. uh, we've seen oh, what's happened. Road. And, you know, what you guys talk about is just an example, a sample. Um, we never could fathom what would, uh, you know, all the other examples that we've had uh, come to pass uh, many in the recent, recent years um, as things have clamped down. But we saw firsthand with Tony, the book, um, how ugh, narratives can be shaped and people can be doxxed. Basically, it's like a cancellation you, you go from within with your friends, um, peers, colleagues, and then it's a systematic uh, kind of destruction, sort of uh, Mark Crispin Miller, a friend of mine on Facebook and a New York uh, University uh, professor and, you know, coming down on him and they go from within with your colleagues and then the, it's a letter. And then, you know, it's, it's like a systematic takedown of anybody who stands in resistance to something they don't want 
there to be resistance on. You're going right. to go this way. And with a, a professor that I'm discussing, that's about the COVID protocol, what have you. So either way, we're being trained. You don't dissent. And if you do, this is what's going to happen. And then if you're friends with somebody who has a dissent, this is what's this is going to be difficult for you. And you may also miss out. So you don't want to do that, do you? Separate yourself from this person. And then that's how they weaken uh, any dissenter. Yeah. You will say nothing, you will own nothing, and you will like it. And you will that's like it. You'll saying. be happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You and you'll have, have no happy. principles, and you'll have no character, and you'll have no backbone. But that's, that's what, what they want. want. What you're saying here, and I understand why people jump shift from the left in a lot of ways, because the <laughs> left, the Democrats used to be the union people, the people for the working guys, the families. Uh -huh. The They're underdog. now for the non-working people. They're now for those who uh, who scream the loudest because that's how Marxist yep. works. Uh, Marxists yep. work. They find the the ingrates. They find the malcontents, and they try to push them. We have the internet. Those voices are magnified because hey, we're busy working, and all these other people are on the <laughs> internet doing some liberal PC garbage, and other people who have. have haven't picked up a real book in years, except for maybe Harry Potter are going, whoa, those are great ideas. And it makes Harry me feel who? good to go along with you. What the guy Harry? that used to run MASH, Harry Potter, Harry Potter the, uh, or, or he was he was on Dragnet or something. I, I don't know. No, I, I was thinking, uh, you know, that's one of those books that you could go a different way with Harry Potter, so to speak. You know, the word. <laughs> just saying, not that I'm saying anything's wrong with having a Harry Potter, but, you know. Um, There's only one okay. thing we can't go wrong with, though. <laughs> that would be Tony's takes. <laughs> is it that time again is that yeah, that, yeah. that sounds like a cue if ever i yes. heard one yes <laughs> all right here you go tony christopher ray refused to answer questions any questions about fed presence sprinkled amongst the mostly peaceful january 6th protest i might want to play a neat little clip for you and get your take on Please. what happened here okay yes let's do that here is a, a neat little bit of questioning from Representative Issa. How many individuals were either FBI uh, employees or people that the FBI had made contact with were in the January 6th uh, entry of the Capitol and surrounding area? So I, I really need to be careful here talking about uh, where we have or have not used confidential human sources was there one january or more 6th, was there one or more individuals that would fit that description on january 6th that were in or around the capitol i, I believe there is a uh, a filing in one of the january 6th cases that can <laughs> provide a little more information about this and i'm happy to see if we can follow back up with you i, I just want that. an yeah. answer was there one or more i mean you would know if there was at least one individual who worked for the fbi who, who entered the capitol on that day uh, I can't, again, I just can't speak to that here, but I'm happy to get the court filing. Look, that look it's been two years, and you're now, you're now come before us. The gentleman asks these questions, makes all kinds of insinuations, and you, you nod your head yes, and then I ask you simply, was there one or more? And you won't answer that. So, um, yeah, how could you not know? My, my, my take basically is, that is a non-confirmation confirmation that there were <laughs> there. That was his yeah. too. That was yeah. uh, Representative Issa's too, and mine. Not that mine matters. No, it does. <laughs> it does matter, Chris. And it you, matters to us, you, Chris. You're, you're, you're a professional observer uh, and someone who actually has to to put this in into context, and it is important. And then 
The second thing that to his point, two years, two years, um, I do believe, and I was going back and forth, and I, I don't think Stephen would be upset with me. Stephen Gardner, you know, I'm on his program all the time. Steve, Steve sent me a text uh, the other day about uh, um, the issue of um, the guy that I claim, or I, I was on Twitter and said that he was a uh, an asset. Um, oh, my goodness. Ray Epps? Ray Epps. Yeah. Oh, this exchange too. The audience yeah. who follows us, you know, knows that I, I, the moment I started trolling Ray Epps a year and a half ago, my account was suspended instantly. And, and, <laughs> and, and Stephen, right. you know, we talked about this on Stephen's program. And Stephen says, I think, I think there's a link between you being suspended from Twitter and trolling Ray Epps. He, and and Stephen, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if Stephen's going to get upset with me, but I think Stephen, I can't speak for Stephen, but we'll probably talk about it next time I'm on his podcast. Stephen's convinced that Ray Epps is one of those, uh, one of those assets. And his question was, why isn't anybody looking at Ray Apps? Well, because he was an asset. That's why. He's not the only one. In yeah. fact, you took it from two ends. It was uh, both the Ray Epps situation and also bad rock or fake rock music. That's a different story for a different yes, time. Well, we can get into that. Some other time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got to tell you, anybody who actually uh, imagines certain things and pretends to be, God bless him. He imagines a lot, I think. But that's that's another story from the day. But there were agents there. I mean, I, 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 the p yep. plenty of eyewitnesses, one of which was a loved one of mine, who I uh, was warned in advance of a fa potential false flag, just because I just know it's too ripe for that. And uh, I can't believe it, but it, that happened. And um, they saw it from a distance and, well, not great distance, but they saw it. They weren't anywhere in, in the area they shouldn't have been. They turned around, had to leave, but they called it feds, just like several other people called feds. I, I, from what I understand, I'm not sure, but it's like they they knew and they knew amongst themselves and it wasn't a question. And these are, you know, veterans. Oh, God forbid. I mean, you know, the most dangerous. I'm sorry. There was a group of white men who are veterans there i i don't they none of them are racist it's like you know this is, these right. are just good people and it's like why somehow they're scary and they're our most uh we're supposed to be scared of them anyway no these are people they were there for many many reasons and i completely understand and unfortunately this occurred and this occurred through a lot of confusion, a lot of awkwardness, a lot of mm -hmm. people who were there and um, they were not doing anything wrong. And they saw things. Many, many people saw things and many okay. people reported it. And many are too scared to share their own footage and they don't want an agent yeah. knocking at their door. Right. Yeah. So, Ridiculous. yeah and, and so that's that's the fact. Yeah. You, you, I think you, you encapsulated very well, Tanya, is the fact yep. that. So many people are, and they wanted that. That's what this is all about. This is why two Fear. years later, they, they want to keep people guessing and they don't want to tell it because they don't want to encourage anybody to start asking hard questions again, because, <laughs> you know, they don't want to reveal the fact that they had feds in the crowd. I, I believe at this point, I believed for a while, it was, this was all a false flag. This was all prompted by Nancy Pelosi, Mayor Bowser. They all knew that there was going to be a potential for violence. They poured the gasoline on on the few few little sparks and they got what they wanted and because nobody on the trump side was listened to they saw this this deploy troops just in case oh no no we don't want the troops no you don't want the troops because you could instantly right. it down. now why now why did they turn right. down any security and then why did the capital chief chief of police for the capital 
why was he on Jimmy Dore saying, you know, I mean, Jimmy Dore did a recent interview that somebody, you know, you may want to check out what the chief of police, the capital chief of police has to say about yeah. agents presence and, and the anomalies and everything that was just going very not normal, let's say. And, right. and it's so what the hell was going on? Tanya, That's what we been, need to know. You, you've been to a number of meetings at the at the Capitol with me. The, there are layers of security any given day. You can never walk within 15 meters of that building without someone saying <laughs> stop. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow they had uh, on video Capitol Hill police opening up barriers and motioning people in. I mean, how is that not obvious that they're setting them up? It's like you're opening the gates. Ray Epps was there. Ray Epps was right there at one of the breaches. You know, literally, he's there whispering in what I think was another operative's ear, another FBI operative, and then they breach the thing, and they're all in. So how does that, how is that not related? How do people, and I think that's where Stephen's coming from, how do people not see this? Well, we see it. But as long as you only show the highlighted reels of the other destruction that they've shown over and over and not all the other crowds and everything else that was going on and hearing grandma and auntie's uh, story, if, as long as you're only highlighting the other things, then the mainstream people who watch mainstream media, they're not even aware. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. We got a couple more here. Tony, right. quick lightning round here. Mark Zuckerberg's threads, a competitive social media venture or a passing Macedonian-esque fad? Uh, Macedonian uh, always yeah. has my vote, no matter what context it's used in. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth, Tanya? I don't even get on Twitter, so I'm not going to do threads. I will go with Tony because that just, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, I'll just say I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine. That's all I can say. One more for yeah. you. Speaking of I can't imagine, do you really think Ben and Jerry will give back their stolen land? Their headquarters oh, around? I love that story. <laughs> yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> no, kudos You're not going to gonna give it back because they're a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, the, the one of, I think that one of the chiefs up there said, yeah, I'll take your plant. Go ahead, just give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so great. I don't oh, think they can. I mean, that. these, these knuckleheads are the biggest hypocrites. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, give back. Give back all the land. It's like, uh, well, let's start with yours. Oh, no, I didn't mean me. <laughs> no, they're, they're all like that. It's like John Kerry all over again. We're special. We can fly those jets. You That's just right. can't get those electric vehicles going. If you can't, if you can't plug in anytime, we have Classism. rolling blackouts. Tough. Mm -hmm. yes. what, what was it? Nerds to you, as Frank Burns would say. Well, old, old Boltnick <laughs> has no place to, to talk. I mean, uh, come on. I mean, did Boltnick. he get plastic surgery to look more like Herman Munster or what? I mean, it's just, <laughs> sure. it's uncanny. Yeah. It's like, and by the way, I've never seen them both in the same room at the same time either. Just saying. So, um, hmm. but now we're going to be talking. One of the programs coming up uh, is going to be Buck Sex. And we're going to be talking about Green New Deal and green energy. A couple of things on that point. Do you, do you all know how many trees there are on the planet? Just a guess. How many trees? <laughs> trees. Trees. I'm supposed to start counting tomorrow. It's you can count, yeah. I counted in my yard just to do a rough estimate. I just started in the front by this night. So yeah. I, I get in my yard roughly about it. I know you get, I got three acres, about a thousand trees. I'm not joking about it's about a thousand big size, some big, uh, some uh, have been grown since the civil war, some small, but mm -hmm. on the planet at this moment, as we speak, there's 3.04 trillion trees. If you, if you, and then oh. according to the Audubon society, each tree, processes uses 
48 pounds of carbon. If you multiply 48 by 3 trillion, do you know how much carbon that is and how little we produce of that? It's insane. I mean, we're talking about 163 trillion pounds of carbon. We don't produce that. We, man, don't produce that. And the idea here is that they're trying to, 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 you know, to tell us, even though they don't do it themselves, that carbon's bad. It's not bad. It's plant food. And so if you just start looking at the numbers of this and the knuckleheads like old Boltnick and what they're trying to promote, it, it just <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. <laughs> So anyway, we've reached the end of another episode of The Hard Truth. And man, it was it was uh, a, 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 a kind of savory hard truth today. I don't think it was as hard as it normally is, but it wasn't, it wasn't soft either. It was kind of like, you know, let's let's just get together and sing Kumbaya, right? So and again, shout out to Cherie Curry. Cherie does our bumper and, and theme music. God bless you, Cherie. We're going to hopefully have her on sometime soon. And uh, we're going to be back next week. Again, uh, be sure to run out with your hair on fire by, by John's book uh, yeah. as, as soon as you can. Uh, get a signed copy. Get a signed copy. Buy it through yeah. WABC Common Sense Lessons from a Billionaire, a, a good man who worked his way through the system. And you can join our contest. Who can follow the, the, the guidance in the book and be the, the first <laughs> billionaire? So there you go. So anyway, so uh, greetings from the team. and We'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>